Welcome to the Numisphere, a podcast diving into all things in the sphere of numismatics, talking the latest news and trends of precious metals, coins, currency, and more. Let's start the show. Welcome back to the Numisphere. I'm Tyler O'Connor. And I'm TJ O'Connor. As we enter into the new year, we want to take a moment and reflect back on 2023 and discuss how the metals and numismatic markets perform and share some of our thoughts with you. TJ, why don't you kick us off about sharing your opinion on how the metals markets performed last year? Well, 2023 was certainly an interesting year. We experienced quite a bit of price volatility, especially coming out of Q1 and into Q2. Uh, Some of the price volatility was impacted by factors such as inflation concerns. Uh, There was also um, some geopolitical tensions, to say the least. Obviously, we've seen that front line in the news. And then there's also been fluctuating global economic conditions that have led to a lot of central bank purchasing um, and holding of precious metals, which has been very interesting. Both the gold and the silver sector um, has been bought up by droves in the central banks. Now, this raising demand isn't just impacted on a central bank level, but it's also been impacted um, on a collector level or an investor level where now precious metals are being seen more as a safe haven asset as they have in the have been in the past. And that being a safe haven asset in times of instability uh, and uncertainty for economics have driven people uh, back to metals as one of the crucial items to hold in their investment portfolio. Now, silver in particular has been a very unique one. We've seen a lot of additional applications um, be brought into effect for silver, and those are being put in in industrial levels uh, across the board. We've seen that certainly within the solar panel and within the uh, battery and within the communication network segments um, of industry. And I think that the call for utilizing silver is only going to be increasing as we go forward, but we'll talk about that more in our projection. So with that, um, I think that with the central bank buying, this has also been one of the geopolitical factors has been the implementation of BRICS growing its forces. And we're seeing now that BRICS will be putting into effect um, alternative units of exchange uh, besides the U.S. dollar in order to execute trade for commodities. And what's even more interesting to me is that the BRICS nations are now going to be putting together uh, commodities backing for these currencies. So that could definitely play out to some interesting factors coming up for us. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, let's, uh, let's find out the exciting numismatic highlights of 2023. So, in my opinion, uh, the numismatic industry has really grown dramatically over the last couple of years. We saw this incredible peak come out of COVID 2021, saw it nice stabilizing in 22, and 23, given a very unique landscape for investing, for collecting, uh, I think it showed a lot of resilience. Uh, so, we saw some amazing coins coming out to market. Um, the rare coin aspect has just been incredible. Stax Bowers has been putting out some awesome stuff. Amazing um, stuff coming through. You know, collections that we just don't see and amazing quality and there are buyers for it. Mm-hmm. So there's no doubt that uh, not only is physical gold and silver and other precious metals being held for investment, but these higher grade, very rare U.S. coins um, are definitely being held, not just for collectors, but for those investors to hold on to for a long time. 
and moreover, we saw the the gold spot price rising. It drew a lot more attention for, for the average Joe to turn into to holding uh, metals. But that's definitely carried over to the numismatic aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really interesting to see that you have all kinds of new people that suddenly got stirred up into it because they were concerned for whatever economic reasons. And then suddenly they convert into, oh, well, I really like these coins. I like the history, right? Yeah. And now you've got yourself a genuine collector um, who's also investing, which is great. Uh, But some of the stuff that we saw come to market, I mean, we saw stuff from the Eliasberg collections, the uh, Dr. William Alden collection. Uh, It's just killer stuff. Like there was an 1855 Kellogg & Co. $50 gold piece Mm -hmm. sold for (laughs) $780,000. I mean, when you talk about uh, the premium pieces within the numismatic market, um, those those highlight items coming through, there were certainly a lot of them in 2023. Oh, yeah. I mean, one auction alone, I, I, it was a stacks auction. I think over six coins went heavily into six figures. My goodness. Uh, you know, and there were several coins that went into the seven figures. Right. Uh, it's just been a, a very, very interesting change because we're seeing stuff that uh, only 10 years ago may have sold two or 300,000. Mm-hmm. And now it's pushing six to 800. Yeah. Um, so the value is just growing dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really impressive to see. And it's kind of a, a unique time in history to see the expansion of people seeing coins as a true store of value. Absolutely. Um, and that's been really cool. Uh, another coin that sold was the 1860 Clark Gruber and co Pikes peak $20. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one sold for $552,000. If you haven't seen it, look <laughs> it up. Gorgeous coin. Definitely awesome. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the industry as a whole for the numismatic side, uh, it's just thriving. I don't see it going away. I do see, um, you know, there's definitely some contraction to the average collector. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit too, but I think it's, it's still something that we can all do. And those that have the extra money to do it in 2023, we're certainly doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, 2023 overall, was a very unique time, and there was a lot of dramatic and emotional ups and downs throughout the year. <laughs> Just a few. Yep. Um, and I have to say, you know, whether it be a, a small softening within those mid-range to low-range coins and a heightened acceleration in the premium coins and the rare coins, um, just overall, there's been a lot of motion happening within the industry itself. Absolutely. Um, I know for myself, you know, some of the highlights that I saw in 2023 – I'd have to say that gold trading at its all-time high certainly brought a ton of attention um, back on to precious metals. And, and that was just recently here um, at, in, the, in the end of Q, um, Q4 for 2023. And I think it's also a good uh, time for that to happen as we go into some uh, economic uncertainties here with the U.S. budget not having been approved, that being on deck this coming January uh, and into February, uh, it might be something that people see as a viable hedge against some type of dollar contraction in its value. I think they're already seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But in addition to gold hitting its all-time high, I think that another highlight was to see the premiums specifically in silver um, contract over the time period from Q1 to Q2 and then moving into Q3 and Q4. Uh, seeing that kind of come down dramatically and really get close to that spot price of silver has made the bullion market more accessible 
has made the bullion market more accessible all around um, for consumers that want to get in. So whether it be that small time consumer that's just looking to pick up an ounce or two and they're just getting started, um, or even if it's an investor that was waiting to make a move with a large sum, having those premiums contracting gave them that opportunity to take advantage of what's happening in the market right now. I mean, we saw Silver Eagle premiums 15 plus. Yeah. Yeah. I think at one point we were knocking on the door of $18 over the spot price of silver. um, And some people were taking advantage and going even beyond, beyond that. I know here we were advising customers. It's just not the time to buy silver Eagles. There there was no reason to be paying such a dramatic premium and inevitably it'll come down. Um, And I think recently, I mean, you could get them $4 over almost. Exactly. Uh, It's odd how that happened, you know, and at at first we had rumblings of supply shortages throughout the market, but somehow in a miraculous event come (laughs) mid-year, supply supply issues had resolved themselves. But supposedly the bank collapse that had been intended that might have sparked the interest um, in Q1 and Q2 had been resolved as well. Um, That's still yet to be seen here, obviously. Again, making 2024 a very interesting possibility for all of us. So in addition to the uh, contraction in the silver premiums and gold hitting its all-time high, um, I have to say that the overall highlight is the growth of the coin collecting industry in a whole. And I'm being inclusive with bullion stackers in addition to numismatic collectors here. We have an estimated $9.6 billion market valuation for 2023 And this has a CAGR or forecasted to go at 10.4%, carrying us to almost a $20.8 billion um, market valuation for 2031. Uh, I know that this is from those collectors that have been coming in by giving, by being given those opportunities of lower premium costing precious metals um, or bringing in that attention to gold and silver. But really the highlight for me is in 2023, my most astute observation is the amount of information that has been available to the consumer this year just seems unprecedented to me. Anything that you would like to know is right at your fingertips. And there's just so many people that are contributing to the education of what's happening right now and the value of precious metals in an economic situation like this. But in addition to the amount It's more about the amount of ways that people are able to receive this. Here we are, we're doing a podcast. We're trying to get the information out to people. People can see us through a video. This is increasing all around, helping educate the consumer base and bring awareness to the potential uh, benefits of having precious metals as an economic hedge in your portfolio. Definitely. So that's my segment on highlights. What do you have for (laughs) highlights on 2023? Yeah, so some of the biggest things I saw in 23 was just this resurgence of coin shows. Um, while there are definitely some that have been kind of uh, falling to the wayside, failing, dropping off, um, the, the staples, I'm seeing them just perform really, really well. Yeah. Um, and attending them has been fantastic. Yeah. Everything from Baltimore, Fun Show, I mean, all of them, uh, Long Beach. They're all performing very well mm-hmm. and they're getting people back out there. Yeah. So it's not just those on the digital side, um, but I'm actually seeing, and I think you may have been with me when we were up in Manchester, that we were meeting people off of whatnot. Yes. And they were yes. attending their first show. Yeah. So you took people from this digital realm mm-hmm. and they're actually coming out to kind of the traditional realm of coins. Yep. Um, and it was really interesting and it was awesome to be able to kind of 
mesh those two worlds, right? Because these were people I followed. I had never really seen their faces because all you ever see is their hands. Mm -hmm. And here I am sitting on a park bench, just chatting with them out of the blue. Like, oh yeah, wait, I know you, I follow you. Yeah. It's so odd that you, that you say this because it's almost the antithesis of what people expect the coin industry to be, right? The, the anti-technology, the anti-moving forward with any type of change from the traditional handwritten receipt. And we do business by a handshake, right? Uh, but here we are. This is almost like an organic migration um, into the digital realm with numismatics by people like that whatnot community coming into the show realm, participating in a way that they haven't been able to participate before. They're no longer able to hide behind a camera. They have to be face to face with right. somebody. And that's a, that's a different environment for sure. Um, but it's really interesting to see that organic migration into the digital realm maybe even shows making some additional efforts to reach out, you know, putting out newsletters, um, oh, yeah. reaching out through uh, subscriptions, keeping people aware of what's going on. Right. I know we've seen a lot of development like that happen in the shows. And I, I honestly hope it continues because it seems well, to I be think more that They really have to, to survive. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I mean, that, that's how it goes. So yeah, you've got the guys that have been attending the show for the last 50 years. Yeah. They know about it. Yeah. But how does everybody else figure out about it? If right. you don't have that digital presence where you can mesh those two worlds. Yeah. You're not going to have new people attending. Right. It's just, you're going to die. That's what's going to happen at the show. I'd ask myself how many people under the age of 30 are actually looking at a newspaper to find out when the local coin show is going to be taking place. I mean, even older now, realistically, uh, I would say almost the the 45 and under Mm -hmm. demographic are on their phones. Yeah. It's a digital world for them. It is. That ease and convenience of let's do a quick Google search or let's see what's going on. Or, oh yeah, I saw this in a a coin group that there was a show over here. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. It's not that I want to dehumanize what's going on in the numismatic and and bullion stacking community. That's not what I'm inferring. I just think that that organic migration is making that information more available and making the hobby more accessible, um, which is ultimately helping contribute to this growth. Like that CAGR of 10.4%. Uh, it'd be a very exciting time to see this industry get over a 20 billion market valuation. That would oh, be, be amazing. Fantastic for all of us. No doubt. So the other thing uh, that I really picked up out of 2023, you mentioned the stabilizing premiums for bullion, but I'm also seeing on the numismatic side. So uh, crazy prices that you were seeing on like a uh, 1921 piece dollar. Mm-hmm. They're actually coming down back to reasonable prices. And you're seeing that across the board. It's, on all of those kind of key date, mid-tier type coins, yeah, uh, you're not having to pay two, three times what they were worth. They're coming back down to a reasonable price of where they should be. Do you think that this is kind of like a rebalancing from the hype that was produced in 2020 when we all went oh, into absolutely. lockdown and yeah. everybody had some extra money to spend? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The, the free government money and the, the unemployment checks and all that extra that we had mm-hmm. is definitely gone. Right. So people aren't willing to take that average coin and pay a, a 20% over what it's worth anymore. You're saying we're getting a little bit more frugal now? That the faucet I mean, may have been turned off and we're actually conscious about what we're- We have to we're... be aware of how we're spending our money, no doubt. <laughs> agreed. Uh, and agreed. I think that's across the board for everybody, unfortunately, yeah. given the economic times. Yeah. Uh, which again, if you're in that situation, there's still coins at a price point that you can get mm-hmm. if you have the money to do it. And the other thing that I really saw in 23 is kind of the the other side of the coin is- People that were collecting through all of that hype or long-term collectors uh, that were entering into hardship, there was a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people selling inventory back into the market, mm-hmm. um, which was great from the business side, 
right? Sure. Um, and you're seeing them maybe reallocate what they were purchasing, all the kind of peripheral coins that they were getting, right. and they're focusing their collections. They're becoming a little more refined in what it is they're trying to do, or they had to pay the electric bill. Right. Um, so we're definitely seeing a little bit of that, not a little bit, we're seeing a lot of that happening uh, where people really need to get out of those assets right. and take care of responsibilities because of the economic situation that we're in. I agree. And, you know, it's, it's hard to see that occur when you see a collector need to liquidate in order to create funds for an emergency or a need within their finances. Um, and it's always kind of sad to see because it usually takes a little while to bounce back, right? right. You got to get corrected and then you, you're kind of revaluating where your money goes Absolutely. at every decision. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that that's going to be a factor moving forward as well. And um, it's going to be an interesting paradigm as we go moving into 2024. Yeah. I, I think that we'll continue to see that contraction within the liquidity in the, in the average consumer's pocket, right. how much can be spent and likely the constraint um, on that cash flow for them. But at the same time, I truly think that the continued geopolitical tensions and um, the continued industrial applications and demand for precious metals are going to continue to increase at the same time. So we're definitely going to see the ups and the downs um, when it comes to the demand moving forward into 2024. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that uh, I foresee a lot of challenges for both numismatic and bullion markets. Uh, you know, the current administration is talking about how they have a handle on inflation and how they're able to start focusing on cutting rates for 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, might be a little premature, in my opinion, given everything that's actually going on. Uh, but we're also entering an election year, right? which historically is known to bring a lot of instability, yeah. um, a lot of fear mongering, sure. uh, a lot of concern. So yep. that generally will especially mess with the bullion market. Um, but additionally, I do think that the majority of people don't necessarily have that money because of the fear of what we know is coming. So we, we talked a little bit about what's happening with the economy, the hardship. Um, the average person just doesn't have the excess anymore, right? People's grocery bills have gone up 20, 30, 40%. Uh, gas for majority of 23 was pretty high. Yeah. Um, thankfully we're seeing a little bit of stability there too, but I think that that stress on the, the lower class and middle class collector um, is evident, right? So we're seeing a bit of a slowdown the last maybe quarter or so yeah. on kind of those those mid-tier products. Right. Um, so the average collector material has definitely slowed down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, those that are still collecting the, you know, especially a uh, bus cap half dollars, those mm -hmm. are still thriving. So you've got these uh, ebbs and flows or uh, kind of gaps mm -hmm. of the average collector that just doesn't have the means to do it anymore. Right. Um, right. Which we've seen a few times, right? Tr definitely trends with the economy for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that's going to be a, a huge issue for us in the future. Um, and I do think that the rare coin market is going to continue to hold. Yeah. There's no doubt that that is being used as assets, um, as a, a preservation of wealth or purchasing power. Yeah. There's no question there. But I do think the challenge within that market is going to be that people are holding. Yeah. Because they're holding, there's going to be less inventory coming right. out. And you're going to see a continued drive upward 
on the price direction for these premium and rare coins. Right. So what does come out, there's going to be a lot more attention on that. And I think we can see a lot more battling in those prices being driven up a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to make for a really interesting year on all aspects of what's coming because we really don't know. And there, there's a lot of fear in the market, especially mm-hmm. on the bullion side mm-hmm. um, and on the investor side. But I really am seeing a lot of hope for the numismatic side. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you can speak to that a little bit because you were just talking a little while ago about the number of new collectors you're still seeing. Yeah, there's a lot of people are being introduced to uh, coin collecting, whether it be through uh, being brought to the idea that gold and silver have a value uh, that sits beyond being pretty and shiny. Um, and then further learning about coins that have precious metals backing and then basically understanding that there's rarity and collectability within coins themselves. And then all of a sudden a whole new world kind of opens up to them. But I think just the all around attention that's being given um, to precious metals, similar to like you were saying with the, the premium side as an investment, um, as a hedge, right, for people. Um, I think that that's going to continue with bullion too as we move into 2024. Obviously, we've talked about the fact that the debt needs to be approached here coming up in a couple of months. And we have... Speaking of the debt, didn't you just say yes, today yes. we crossed $34 that is correct. trillion dollars in debt as a country? Today we're crossing $34 trillion, and that is um, not taking care of the unfunded liabilities that also sit on our books, folks. It does not look pretty. And if, you know, the the countries that unified under uh, BRICS, which is... Uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, and now they've added six Saudi more. Saudi Arabia, right? Saudi Arabia just came into play. Yeah. They are now effective as of January 1st. And as of the date of this recording, this is January 2nd, so that was yesterday. Um, I'm very curious to see how things are going to play out. And I feel like every step that we move in these directions that are put in front of us, uh, it's going to bring a bit more concern to the regular consumer. And I think that those have been the main motivators uh, for people to reallocate funds or adjust their portfolios and what assets they hold. So basically, I think we're in, in, you know, we're getting prepared for a bit of fear to come into the market to help drive that. um, And at the same time, constricting the cash flow of the average consumer. So we may see that continued softening happen, as you suggested, on the mid and lower tier uh, numismatic side, but a flourishing happening on the ultra premium side um, for both bullion and the numismatic or rare coins. And assuming that there are no more bank closures or collapses <laughs> or any major financial turmoil, uh, yeah. I, I think we're still going to see that simply for the geopolitical and while our economy does recover, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be a long road ahead. Yeah. Well, speaking of a long road ahead, I, this is what confuses me because I, I share the same sentiment, Tyler. I'm thinking this is a long reparation here, but we have the Federal Reserve that has been taking a dovish approach or talking dovishly about um, what they're going to be doing with rates coming into 2024. They have a projection out there now that they're talking about seven rate cuts over the course of 2024 alone. Um, that could simply send us right back to you know interest rates that we were prior to 2020 when all this mess started to unfold for us. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the low interest rates, <laughs> but I, I do think it, it's too hasty. They, they're taking an approach that will absolutely not fix the problem. Right. Our problem is bigger than our interest rates. We need to solve 
our budget. Mm-hmm. We need to stop the excess spending. Mm-hmm. We need to get ourselves in line as a nation and get our finances in order. Otherwise, the American people are just going to continue to foot this bill that we can never pay. You know, I, I share your sentiment again. I do. And I think that um, any logical person would say, yeah, we need to fix it, approach this thing. But I don't believe that logic is the driving factor here uh, for our government's decisions. And I think that likely if that were ever to occur, it would be a hand that is forced. So if we're, we're talking forced by collapse, because I, I don't have any other. No, choice. no, no, no. <laughs> I would never incite a potential collapse, nor do I think truly that that would would happen. But what I am insinuating is that other countries may state that they are no longer desiring our debt backed currency for goods or services. And if we are held to the grindstone and some type of event happens where there's ships at the port with goods to deliver and they say, you know what, I'm not interested in your dollar, but I'll take your gold. We might have a reprioritization on the things that we transact with here in the United States. So um, who knows what will bring that forward? That's what's part of, that's part of what makes 2024 seem so exciting to me. Um, although it is scary on one hand, it's going to be really excited to see the changes, whether they come forced or whether they come organically, how they'll unfold over 2024. Yeah, it'll definitely make for a very interesting ride. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up today's episode uh, for Numisphere, and I want to thank all of you for joining us here. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and lead on uh, on out and tell them how they can get a hold of us. Yeah. So thank you for joining us as we recapped our prosperous year here for 2023. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram at Numisphere, or join us on YouTube at Numisphere Podcast. And remember, if you have any questions or topics that you would like us to cover in future episodes, Uh, go ahead and drop us a comment below. Let us know. Until next time, happy collecting and investing. Thank you for listening to the Numisphere podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Numisphere. Until next time.